Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Mike Yoakum. Mike is Associate Professor of Communication and Director of the Theater Program here at Grace. He has performed in over 80 professional theatrical productions and close to 1,000 separate performances. Everything from gospel to jazz, he does musical theater, and uh, an accomplished juggler as yes, well. Yes, that's so true. We're going to see if you can juggle just some random items here on the show. I but, probably can. Okay, so no, here's, <laughs> here's, my, here's the first thing I want to do. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school... We, uh, I was, uh, you know, in choir, and we did a competition to see who had the lowest voice. Yeah, and I won. Good for you. Yeah. So I want to challenge you. Here we go to a lowest voice. All right. Challenge. All right. Um, because you know you're the bass <clears throat> in a gospel <throat> quartet, and you have the, and most people know that you read the names at graduation. I do. In that lovely low voice <laughs> that you have. So, um, all right. So, I, I was thinking we would do Luke, I am your father, because that's like the epic low voice line. Sounds good. Okay. So, um, I'll go first. All right. See if I, man, you are, there's no way. I mean, just even the way you said, okay. So, I'll go first. Okay. And then you uh, you see if you can you can beat me. Okay? All right. And we have, uh, we have our producers here. They'll tell us who the. Who exactly. The is. Okay. All right. Here we go. Luke, I am your father. That's pretty good. Luke, I am your father. Close? No, not okay. Yeah, I got uh, you. You you outdid me quite a bit on well, that. Well, it was maybe just louder. Okay, so here's my question though about the low voice. Yeah, is that just a thing you've always had, or if I wanted to get a lower voice mm-hmm. and sound as cool as you do, <laughs> uh, could I could I work towards that end? Uh, it it's a little of both. Everybody is naturally. Lower, higher, singer, talker, etc. Uh, but honestly, over the past uh, seven or eight years, I have concentrated on trying to lower my range more. Because when you're singing with a gospel quartet and you're the bass, typically you're looking for a low note to kind of stand out or add something to it. Sure. So, you know, just every night going to... Uh, really? Okay. Or, but, you know... The, the more you practice anything, the better you'll get at it. Um, so, uh, g- give me a couple. Yeah, give me a couple exercises to lower my voice. Um, sometimes it's just slowing down and letting it resonate until you feel lower, lower, lower. Also, uh, every time you're in church, sing everything an octave lower. Oh, that, okay. That just helps, and it makes people look at you like you're weird. Which is a gift for me. <laughs> will will naturally over time then your even just. The, the tone of your voice on a normal lower a little bit? Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to stretch the range up, you just Same thing up. only the other way, right? Same thing with anything you do. If you want to run, play golf, juggle, whatever, the more you do it, the better it gets. Obviously, there's a, a limit to where you can go, but you don't know where that limit is until you, you try. Hmm. Keep stretching. So uh, let's go back to the beginning for you. Sure. And when did the whole interest in uh, theater and music, uh, when did that begin for right. you? Uh, for music, it's from the very beginning. My dad especially loved music and loved to sing. And anytime there was something going on at church, 
if it was built for little kids, I was in it. So I sang in a variety of uh, young groups. Uh, there was a boys group, the Boys Ensemble, that was made up of eight or so boys. And basically, if you were a little kid, you were a soprano. And then as you got older, you kept moving down. When I was in high school, I sang with choirs in church. And then when I came to Grace, I was involved in all the choirs and other groups and such. So uh, music has always been there. Um, theater came to that a little bit later, really. I did not do my first actual theater show until my senior year of high school when I was a bit part in the musical Oklahoma which interestingly, because I'm so old, uh, was still on Broadway at the time. That's a joke. <laughs> but uh, I, I did that, and then when I got to Grace, I uh, continued with the music, as I mentioned, but then also got involved in theater things. So just sort of naturally, it was something I was um, accustomed to from being in front of people with choirs and singing groups and being in front of people with theater. It was just more of the same. So a lot of a lot of people, myself included, involved in theater, involved in music, high school, even college, and it's kind of a fun hobby. But right. you turned it into a career, um, sort of a career, yeah. <laughs> so uh, both both teaching and directing and right. acting, true. Um, and so you know, when when did you kind of say, hey, this has been this has been an enjoyable you know experience, mm-hmm. extracurricular. Sure. Um, now I would like to turn this into the thing that I do. <laughs> uh, you, when I was at Grace and doing the theater and the choirs and such, uh, Steve Grill was director of the theater program at the time, and really had a great connection with Steve. He was very supportive of me and other folks involved in theater. So. Because of uh, working with him in the shows and things, it really began to appeal to me to want to do that myself, be involved in theater as a, as a teacher and a director. Uh, so when I graduated from Grace, I went on to Ball State and got my master's in theater and did a bunch of shows with them and just continued to have that interest. And so it was back in 99 that uh, the position opened up here at Grace and I applied and was uh, asked to come in to teach and to direct the theater program. Mm-hmm. The stuff at Wagon Wheel, which is the professional theater in town where I work regularly, sort of came secondarily. I had always gone to shows there and met a lot of the people. And one year, another guy and I decided, hey, why don't we go audition? And so he and I drove to Chicago for the Wagon Wheel auditions, and we were both hired to be in two shows that first summer, uh, Music Man and Good News, an old musical from the 20s. So I got my foot in the door there, and then after that, wasn't really able to do things because I was working full-time jobs during the summer and such. But once I got back to Grace and my summer schedule was a little more flexible, that's when I started uh, doing quite a bit more there. And so as I regularly tell people, any show that needs an old, loud, creepy guy <laughs> is the show I'm in, which is happening which apparently here. apparently is every show. <laughs> yes. you got to have a villain or a dad or a grandpa in every show, and that's me. That's a, Well, I, I'm guessing it didn't start off as that, right? It, it, it was, you know, you, you worked your way up to that. Well, yes and no. Uh, I was never a chorus boy because I didn't have the dancing background necessary. Uh, And even when I first started there, I was still in my middle 20s, and most of them were younger. And so I was playing some of the older characters. I played Charlie Cowell in Music Man, and he's the old anvil salesman. Mm -hmm. So even though I was 
younger-ish. I still played some of the older roles. So, um, yeah, just it, it's interesting, and I could go on and on about Wagon Wheel. There are certainly much better performers than me, people who are better actors and singers and certainly better dancers. But I really think God wants me to be there because he knows that as a Christian man at a Christian school, I need to do something with that. Yeah. And so when I go to the wagon wheel, uh, I'm usually the odd man out as a conservative person, as a married person, as a Christian person, and all the lifestyle things that go on right. there. Uh, I'm the weirdo in many respects. And uh, yet I still continue to work there because I've made connections and they know they can count on me to do what uh, to do what I can do to make the show as good as I can make it. I, I do want to that is that is one of the things I wanted to dig in on a little yeah. bit because it's you know it's salt and light, right? Of it's course. um it's utilizing the gifts that God has given you to make a difference in a in a space that can be dark yeah. uh, at times. Um so uh, a couple questions. One would be, you know, what tends to be, you know, some of the these actors and actresses come from mm-hmm. all over the place for yeah. the for the summer series. Um, what tends to be some of the first reaction um, to you mm-hmm. as they get to know who you are, and then h- how do you go about that kind of, you know, not being at all. Uh, shy about your faith but also sure. not not just being you know boisterous and loud about how do you navigate that so first reaction and then how do right. you go about that process a first reaction probably is to me as an older person because most of the cast for the summer are college age students so they're all in their early 20s and so just having an older person in the cast is unusual for them because most of them are in colleges and everybody in their show is their age. So they see me kind of as the the company dad or maybe grandfather. Uh, so there, there's that. They, they like the fact that I'm uh, – I, I live in the area and I'm a stable kind of person – Sometimes when you're a single person, you're not sure where you're going to go, what you're going to be. Uh, you may, may be a little flighty on occasion. So they like the fact that they know I'm a stable kind of person that they can lean on or ask questions of. Uh, when it comes to my beliefs, as you indicated there, I don't preach at anybody. I try to live my life in a way that says that I care about the individuals there and I care about what's going on with the production. I've said this many times, and this is true no matter what job you have. When I get to the wagon wheel, point one, job one, is to do the best work I can do. Part two of that is to do whatever else I can do to help the production. If that's working on the set or sweeping in the shop, helping someone with their lines, that's important to do whatever else I can do to help. Part three is to love people right where they are, mm. because I am never going to argue anyone into the kingdom of heaven. I am also not going to argue people into changing their lifestyle. I can point out what the Bible says about certain choices and things that they make, but if they don't believe the Bible, that's just another good book. That doesn't really resonate with them. 
And so when I'm there, I make it clear to God, use me however you want me to want to use me. And that surprisingly ends up with me doing dad kinds of things. Uh, it's not uncommon for someone to say, I need to go to the airport in Fort Wayne, and it leaves at 6 in the morning. And I said, so we have to be there by 5, right? Uh, yeah. So I need to pick you up at 4 a.m., right? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's God's way of saying sometimes the talking gets in the way, but the actions hmm. are important. Um, there was a girl, uh, gosh, a couple of years ago, and she needed a ride to the Fort Wayne Airport on a Monday morning because she had to fly to New York to get uh, costumes fitted for her national tour of the Lion King. And so I picked her up at 4 a.m., and on the way to the airport, I said, well, we have a show tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. How are you getting back? She said, well, turns out her flight was coming back to Fort Wayne that night at, I think, 10.30, and she didn't hadn't made arrangements to get a ride back. And I said, then I'm coming to pick you up. This is not to say that Mike's so nice. This is Mike doing what God wants him to do. Uh. So when I'm at the wagon wheel, I, I try to love people right where they are. Sometimes that means we have a conversation. Sometimes it means I'm just opening doors. Because when they leave wagon wheel, they know that I'm a believer. They know that I live my life differently than others do. And even if I've not had the chance to actually spread the gospel to them, they leave knowing that Mike is a Christian and he seemed okay. Hmm. Because I can tell you from stories I've had with those folks, when they hear about Christians, they can give you examples of people who have come to them and said, hey, you're going to hell because you're not a Christian. You're, I'm going to judge you because of the way you live your life. And that turns them off, as you can imagine it would. So to have someone who is a Christian who doesn't judge, I'm certainly not perfect, but who doesn't judge, who tries not to be hypocritical, who tries to love people right where they are, sometimes I'm just the seed planter that allows them to go, and when they meet another Christian, say, I don't have to turn this person off right now. Yeah. what? A, uh, take me back to your mid-20s when this was— mm. Just starting, yeah. right? You know, because you, you've 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 uh, you've come to this way of doing it well, and the Lord's helped you, and you've been refined. But I'm guessing those, I'm guessing those sure. first couple shows were sort of the maybe the <laughs> more like I uh, wonder if what they're going to think when they hear I'm you know work at Grace or that I'm a Christian. How did you navigate those like those first couple shows, or how was how did that feel less comfortable maybe right. than it does now? I I. I I think the first couple of shows, uh, I was just in two shows in my very first summer, so kind of in and out rather quickly. And usually what people will notice is when you are at a cast party or there's some sort of uh, event going on, if I'm the one, the only one not drinking, <laughs> that often raises questions. And sometimes they would ask me about that. Well, you know, why are you drinking? I Well, I just not the way I was brought up. I'm, I've had friends who've had trouble with uh, alcohol, so I just decided that's not something that I'm going to do. And it's not uncommon at all for them to say, so are you like a church person? Are you a religious person? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. But 
that isn't the only reason I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But I, it just you know, trying to live my life in a way that they can see the difference but aren't overwhelmed or feel like judged by it. Uh-oh, yeah. I shouldn't be doing that because Mike's not. No, you live your life the way you want it to be lived. I'll live it the way I live. And if you feel like uh, maybe a change would be necessary for you, maybe you could talk to me and I would give you what little advice I have. It is interesting. I talked to two different performers who had lead roles in shows. And because they knew they were going to be on stage a lot and singing a lot, they wanted to keep their voices and their bodies in good health. And so they both decided to stop drinking alcohol for the two weeks of rehearsals and the two weeks of performance. And both of them after that, we were talking about it, and they said, you know, it's interesting. I feel so much better since I stopped drinking. And I said, great. Are you going to continue that? Um, no. <laughs> Why not? Well, I, I, sometimes I miss it. Yeah. Or, well, I want to fit in with everybody else. Peer pressure, sure. Sure. And I say, you, know, you do what you want, but you do have to think about that. You feel better. Yes. Because you stopped doing that one thing. Maybe you should consider making that change in the future. And certainly it's not all about drinking and things. You know, that's just an outward manifestation of what people may or may not do with their lives. Uh, I will tell you this. It's really interesting if you want to talk politics over there. As a conservative person, I am way out, way out. They're almost to a person pretty liberal, very left-leaning in terms of how they uh, – they think the world should be and the country should be and such. So I typically don't talk politics. Somebody asked me my opinion, I'll bring it up. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I've, I've felt um, you know, pretty well accepted there, pretty easily accepted, even though people know we don't always agree. Always agree. And I don't even always agree with my wife, for heaven's sake. So <laughs> certainly we can get past that. Uh, I, one other question about working at Wagon Wheel is – um, the shows themselves, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're not all Christian shows, no, right? No. <laughs> none of them are. None of them are really particularly nope. Christian shows, which right. means at times, right? There's going to be content or material sure. that may not align with your beliefs or your lifestyle. Yep. Um, how do you? I'm I'm just interested to sure. understand, like, how do you navigate? Uh, because we all, right? We're believers. We're we're not of the world, but we're in the world, you bet. Um, which means we have to navigate these, these sometimes difficult tensions. Yeah. How do you navigate that tension of, you know, do I, am, do I decide to do that show? Do I not do that show? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when is it too much or when do I do this anyways? How do you navigate that tension? Uh, when it comes to the shows themselves, lots of times that's taken care of for me because the director knows me well and knows the kinds of shows that I would not want to be in. And so, for the most part, uh, I don't have to worry about those kinds of things. There have been a, a few things here and there. Um, we did uh, Cabaret at Wagon Wheel, and I played, surprise, an old man in that show who uh, apparently had a girlfriend, and at one point off they go to do things, who knows what. It was never talked about, but it was inferred. Uh, and in that case, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. It's 
certainly the character. I'm not doing anything at all. If it's language things, um, if Wagon Wheel hasn't already changed it, I change it. I, I'm not going to use language that would uh, offend people or even more than that, just make people uncomfortable. Because when folks come to the Wagon Wheel, I've been around so long, many folks recognize me and they know I teach at Grace College and I'm a Christian. And I try to keep that in mind. I, want, I don't want them to be uncomfortable with what's being said or done by my character. I talk about this uh, with my actors at Grace. It's interesting if someone on a Grace stage were to say a bad word, that would cause some real issue. On the other hand, I do murder mysteries regularly, and we're killing people on stage, but nobody has a problem with that. <laughs> and I think it's simply because they know you didn't really kill that person. Sure, sure. But when it comes to the words, yeah, it actually came out of your mouth. Could I make the case that that's the character and not me? Absolutely. But people don't think that way. Mm. They are uncomfortable if someone is saying things outside what they believe a Christian person should, should say. And I'm fine with that. So you've just kind of decided, I'm not going to make that a stumbling block or, a, or Absolutely. an issue in particular. Absolutely. And frankly, I think uh, if you're a good enough actor, you can probably get the meaning or the anger or whatever across without having to resort to uh, a swear word. Sure. I call that acting. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's interesting to, to that tension mm -hmm. of being, you know, again, in the world but not of the world. And yeah. I, it is a is a, an amazing thing that you you get to live out. I do. To be, you know, the hands and feet of Christ in what can be a dark space. Um, yeah. And, and I love the fact that you are doing that and you're engaged and known in this community uh, for your work at the Wagon Wheel. Yeah. And, and you're good, too. That also really helps. <laughs> it's fun to do. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Grace Theater program. Yeah. Uh, typical Grace Theater year, like what what, what kind of programs do you put right. on? Uh, what programs have you put on mm -hmm. and will you put on this year? Sure. Just give us a little overview of the land for somebody who's right. maybe wanting to know a little bit about the theater program at Grace. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I direct two shows each year. Typically in the fall, we have a straight play, though sometimes a musical, and then in the spring, a musical. So I direct those two what we call main stage shows. In addition to that, at the end of every fall semester, I have an evening of one acts that are student-directed. And sometimes they're doing an actual one act. Sometimes they're doing a piece that they have written. And then in the spring, with sort of the winter time slot, uh, for many years we had students directing full-on shows, just a, a full play or a musical. Had One gal even wrote her own musical. And then the past four or five years, our improv comedy team back in five has been doing a sketch comedy show sort of you know little humorous sketches kind of like saturday night live yeah and in addition to some of their improv stuff uh then we have a group called remnant is our tra traveling drama ministry group and they will rehearse during the fall semester and write pieces and such and do a little performing then in the spring they start going out to schools and churches and then every spring break, they all hop in the van and drive somewhere. Uh, they were out to Iowa last year, East Coast before that. Uh, it looks like they're going down to Florida this year. Good choice. They've been to California. 
been to Hawaii. Really? For the record, I never go on these trips. <laughs> it's student-directed, and I could go just as the driver, but if I'm there, they kind of look to me to be the leader, and that's not what it's about. It's about having student leadership. So they go off on their own and go into schools and churches and youth groups and camps and all sorts of things. So for a small school, we have a number of things going on. We also do a cabaret kind of show, basically students singing songs from a variety of musicals or based on a theme. Uh, we just did one where it was songs from sort of the standards area, the swing era. Mm. So they do two of those each year. Again, student-directed. I'm in charge of making sure it all works together, but uh, lots of student direction. And then we have a theater minor. We don't have a theater major at this point, that's on purpose, because to have a real theater major, you'd need more facilities, you'd need more faculty, a lot more uh, performance opportunities. Plus, you'd need to add a class on how to wait tables, because you will wait tables. I've been to New York a number of times. Uh, I, I'm blessed because of my wagon wheel connection that when I go, I'm typically seeing people I know on Broadway, which is a lot of fun. But while I'm there, you have to eat somewhere. And I always ask my server, how long have you uh, worked here? Every one of them has said, actually, I'm an actor. Mm. And I can tell you all sorts of terribly difficult, tragic stories, really, about actors who are terrific. And they went to New York and got nothing. And, of course, COVID shut things down completely. So for those who are trying to make it as a living in theater... It's incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. So for my students who say, I want to make a living in theater, I tell them, okay, now's the time to give that a shot while you're young and single and don't mind living in the back of your car because it's very, very difficult. Yeah. So we do theater because we enjoy it. It's a great bonding experience. The show we just did had 23 actors in the wow. show and you'd be surprised for a lot of them that is their way to create a family at on campus some theater kids don't feel like they fit in in other places but there they do so we we create those great family groupings and when we're doing theater at grace first thing i want to do is pick a good script a strong piece of material and then it needs to be something that is suitable for grace our audiences because it is very common in our shows to have grandma and grandchild come to the same show and i want them to be comfortable when they do that and i need to make sure it's a show i have the people to do if it needs 30 dancing boys they want to do newsies i'm in trouble <laughs> i don't have 30 dancing boys i don't have five dancing boys so it's uh, all about finding the right show for our students our audience, and our facilities. What, what show did you do this fall? We did one that was kind of COVID-proof. It was called the Brothers Grimm Spectaculathon. It was a spoof on all of the Grimm's Brothers fairy tales. So putting them on stage and with a little twist to them or asking those weird questions that you said, well, that doesn't make any sense, and then we talk about that. The way it's written, you can do all 43 characters with five actors, or you can split them up. So I split it up among 23 different people. And the beauty of it is, since anyone can step in and take anyone else's role, if someone got sick ah. or quarantined or whatever, we had coverage, and it happened. 
on the last week of rehearsals, one of my gals said, I've been contact traced. I can't come to any rehearsal this week, and I may not be able to make it to opening night. So I had one of the other gals learn her role, and she did a great job, learned it all, and even went on for Friday night. So it it was a, a great one to get back into theater with because I got to use a lot of people. We weren't able to do any theater last year mm-hmm. at all. So a great one to get lots of folks involved in. You can ask me about the spring musical, but I don't know yet. <laughs> That's what Christmas break is for, huh? Yes, it is <laughs> trying to find a good show and one that fits the people we have. Well, and I think, you know, what's neat is, right, you said it gives a family, it gives people yeah. a place to connect, yes. uh, a friend group. Um, and, and for those who, uh, may have interest, like it doesn't matter what your major is, right? right? You, 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 uh, you don't have a specific major that you've got to be the theater. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome to participate and be a part of it. Um, the other thing, you know, this is when I was in uh, college, uh, I I did a a little bit of improv stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, did speech competition forensics. Yeah. And um, I, I just really grew through that, right? And, yes. And, uh, I, I've even wondered recently, like, man, I'd love to do some, you know, improv comedy type training because it would so much help with right. stage presence and presentation. So what are some of the, you know, professional skills that you would say students who do theater or who participate in this type of um, productions and what do they come away with skill sets of it, able to do no matter what their job? Yes, uh, it's interesting you should mention that because when we did the Adams Family musical a couple of years ago, if you know the show at all, you've got to have somebody be Lurch, the biggest guy you can find. <laughs> and there was a six foot seven freshman, and I had heard that maybe he had some interest in theater. And we, there was an event, and he came to it, but he's just kind of standing quietly and awkwardly off to the side by himself. And so I went up and chatted with him, and I said, yeah, I, I hear you're interested. And he, oh, yeah. I said, well, you ought to come audition. And so he did, and he was Lurch. And if you remember from the TV show or the musical, if you've seen it, Lurch doesn't say anything. He's just, throughout, <laughs> though at the very end of the musical, he sings a little bit. And so this young man came in and played that role, and it was a tremendous benefit for him. He formed a family. He mm-hmm. came out of his shell. He is now in his third year, his final year at Grace. He's on the chapel committee. He preached in chapel a month and a half ago. In the show we just did, he was one of the leads. He was one of the two narrators who had lots of lines, lots of involvement. The difference for him between his freshman year and here just two years later Mm. is astonishing. So the more you get on stage in front of people, the more comfortable you get with that. That doesn't mean everybody's going to end up being an actor or a preacher or a teacher, but the more I do it, whether I'm using somebody else's lines or creating my own through improv, the more I do anything, the more comfortable I get with it. I don't want to be taking my first foul shot ever at the end of the game when we're behind one point, we need both of mine to win. I want that foul shot to be the 1,000th one I've taken this year. And it's all just getting yourself on stage and getting the um, the approval and the encouragement from other people, your fellow actors, your fellow performers, your audience members who are so supportive and encouraging. That all adds to it. We all like hearing good job, nice work. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Mike, for sharing a little bit yeah, today. I know yeah. you taught two classes today. <laughs> um, you probably have some lines to go learn from another for another production. I do, I do. Um, so I appreciate you taking some time. Thank you for your investment in our students. Thank My you pleasure. for your investment in our community and the way that you live Christ out through uh, the gifts that he's given you. And uh, I'm going to work on that lower voice thing. <laughs> and I'll get you next time. It'll be great. <laughs> and thank you all for listening to the Grace Story podcast. Our music was produced and written by Dr. Wally Brath, Associate Professor of music here at Grace, and thanks to Ryan and Rick for co-producing. If you could share or like or comment on this wherever you find it from, we would be so appreciative. Until next time, live your best Grace story today.